Welcome to the Jesus is Winning podcast. I'm Mark Baxter and I'm your host. Get ready to be encouraged and inspired from gospel stories around the globe. Jesus is on the throne and he is winning. Okay, well, this is a friend of mine lives in Lexington, Kentucky. His name is Miles and he he has He's involved in a ministry that is absolutely changing the world. So it's called uh, City for the Nations. Why don't you tell us about it, Miles? How did this ever get started and what is going on? Well, Mark, what a joy to be on here with you, brother. I think you are the man that I know that has the most contagious joy of anybody. (laughs) And uh, I love being around Mark Baxter because, man, you cannot walk in that spirit of heaviness around you, bro. So thanks for the joy and all that you do for the kingdom. And uh, oh, I know yeah, just man. before we got on here, we were talking about somebody else that knew you. And I'm always running into people that know Mark Baxter, the Holy <laughs> Spirit hitman for the kingdom. Oh, destroying boy. the works of darkness all around the world. Man. So oh, yeah. What a joy to be on here with you today, Mark. Thanks, bro. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit about City for the Nations. Uh, really, I had no grid. Yeah, just being straight up, I had no grid for what we're doing now, matching U.S. cities to adopt unreached nations. I was called into missions 1996. I was 10 months old in Christ, just a newborn babe Mm -hmm. in the Lord, but was a part of an awesome ministry that did very well in discipleship. Uh, There were involved in disciple-making movements before that was famous, and uh, young people, in particular teenagers. And uh, so it was radically saved out of that movement and uh, was at a missions conference. And I heard for the very first time unreached people groups. And I couldn't believe that there were people in the earth that had never heard the name of Jesus, didn't know the gospel, didn't know that there was a God out there that loved them and gave his life for them so they could live with him in eternity. So I, I, you know, that, that, still shakes me to this day, 3 billion people in the earth now. And uh, so, man, at that missions conference, I had a tangible call to the Lord, uh, to the unreached, and uh, really committed my life to that at that point. And uh, my quote for me is, why should anybody hear the gospel twice before we've heard it once? Amen. So, man, we were on a trajectory. My wife, Melanie, now my daughter, Peniel, who's almost 13, wife, Melanie, we've been married for 24 years, but this call to the nations, we thought we would live in some hut for the rest of our life in Africa, (laughs) what we all picture missions as, but now in this hour, really, of uh, travel and connection, the connectivity around the world, man, missions has a whole new landscape, and what we're able to do in these short-term trips and connecting with leaders in the nations and mobilizing the church. Man, we're able to do so much uh, in a little bit of time. And so, gosh, part of our history, City for the Nations, was mobilizing our city of Lexington with Nepal. And we weren't even looking at Nepal. Just be straight up, Mark. I was working in Africa in the Sahara. <laughs> and then we, we did this, a, a big event called Issachar Summit. Uh, and uh, through that, uh, they shared about these 57 people groups in Nepal that didn't have a church, no known believers, no Bible, really without hope. I mean, it's hard to picture that a whole people group regions 
where nobody knows Jesus. They've never met a Christian yeah. before. And those yeah. places still exist. So uh, Lexington, mm-hmm. Nepal, we adopted these people groups and supported them. Indigenous workers helped train, worked with indigenous ministries, prayer, uh, financial support, and then helped send them. And gosh, man, now, so that was 20, or I see 20, um, 16 when we launched that project. And now there's indigenous churches among all those led. I mean, it's phenomenal. And now that yeah. project that started with 57 people groups has now moved to an every village strategy. And it's called yeah. 2027. And we worked with the Church of Nepal, unifying them uh, and really mapping out where the gospel has not penetrated in Nepal. And it's yeah. about 70,000 villages that have not wow. heard the gospel yet. So we're working uh, national coalition, national movement, national plan to, to, by God's grace, in the next five years that there will be no place left where the gospel has not been proclaimed. Hey, Amen. In, in yeah. So that's a, a kind of how we started and then it began to grow into different cities and nations from there. Yeah. Well, I get to work with the team here in Jacksonville and uh, Jacksonville. I'm so thankful you guys chose Thailand because I love Thai food. <laughs> and those Thai yeah. beaches, man. Those, <laughs> that is a place we need to go suffer for Jesus, Mark, is in yeah. Thailand. Man, you want to be a mission. There are so many American missionaries in Thailand. It's crazy. <laughs> I know that's true. <laughs> you, you, so, you know why? Because that's one of the most beautiful places on earth. It is. It is. But there's there's another area where I don't know the city for sure. Uh, but I know a really, really hard area is uh, Niger. And so what is going on in Niger? What, first of all, what city is it who is tied with Niger? Yeah, so we, uh, we mobilized two cities here in, Le- or in Kentucky, Richmond and Somerset. So they're, they're uh, medium-sized cities. And, okay. uh, man, I, I started working in Niger in 2011. And just a friend invited me to go with him uh, to help train leaders there. And when he mentioned Niger, I didn't even know where it was. And yeah. uh, so uh, it is in uh, West Africa, in the Sahel region, above Nigeria, below Libya and Algeria. And most of Niger is in the Sahara Desert. It was uh-huh. on the UN's poorest country list. Uh, uh-huh. And uh the birth mortality right there is terrible. Uh, I mean, there's just so many statistics that they hit the bottom of the list. It's starting to shift, though, actually. Like, I just heard uh, this year that they're not at the bottom anymore. So I think the kingdom uh, is impacting that. So, yes, uh, Niger, when we started working there, uh, was less than 1% Christian. And wow. uh, now it's about 5% Christian. And uh, best, best estimate right now. Uh, we're getting ready to roll out a national survey there to know the state of the Great Commission down to the village level. But uh, we started in 2018 uh, with an engagement project for seven people groups that were okay. all unreached, unengaged. And what we did, we went as far north, south, east, and west. We could go in that country. In fact, when we were going east, we were in this city called Zender. And uh, there was a sign at the end of the highway like, with a picture of a white person with a, uh, a, uh, a check through it, a white check through it saying, don't go any further. Cause man, it, the reality of radical Islam 
And it, oh, yeah. what's happened in Niger over the past five years has been really sad. Uh, Buka Haram, ISIS cells yeah. there uh, have kidnapped American missionaries as well as a lot of volatility. But the good news is that doesn't stop the gospel. Amen. We mobilize the people in those nations, the, the national people, to go. And uh, so we did that in 2018, Great Commission vision, the state of the Great Commission for their nation. Like a lot of times they don't know about the unreached people groups. They just kind of know yeah. in their region. And so we, we do a lot of information, training, and man, just igniting them. You know, the lot of, you know, the, the laborers are in the harvest already. And God is yeah. calling his people uh, in those nations. So we just come alongside and help them do what God's called them to do. And so we yeah. did that and we partnered with 12 denominations there in Niger. And man, it's across the gamut, Mark, from the frozen chosen, super traditional denominations <laughs> to more charismatic uh, type yeah. denominations. But man, if they would commit to the Great Commission, we would work with them, man, and they would recruit yeah. church players. So the good news is now uh, there are over 18,000 believers in Jesus Christ in Niger now. Amen. And uh, over 60 churches, over 300 Discovery Bible studies, many of them already would, we would probably classify them as churches already, but we're, we honor the denominations as, yeah. as what they define a church. But man, 11 mosques literally have closed their doors in some of these yes. communities because the whole community got saved. And what's <laughs> amazing about this, Mark, these are people groups that uh, many of the people in 2018, when we were work meeting with denominational leaders, missionaries, they didn't think some of these people groups could be reached. In fact, oh, yeah. some missionaries have been sent and martyred to these groups. So to see that kind of breakthrough is phenomenal. And it comes through, and you know this, Mark, man, we train our church planners in the power of the spirit and a, a yeah. simple message of the gospel, making disciples, raising up leaders, gathering the church, but moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, yes. One and two are in the Bible for a reason, because we need <laughs> yes. the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So we train uh, them in that how to move in signs and wonders get many of them may have not been baptized in the Holy spirit, get baptized in the spirit and they move uh, in the stuff. So that's such a key uh, man, but uh, 11 mosques closing the doors. Some of them are now churches. So now that is a perfect example of Jesus is winning. <laughs> when you start getting mosques closed, that is winning, man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, I think one of the strategies you mentioned is so significant, and that is, uh, and I know it's good for like Americans to to go to the mission field because we're, some are called to do that. But you're training the locals to reach the people that are around them, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're mobilizing the few local believers to reach their people or or re unreached groups that are close to them, correct? That's right. And, you know, that, that that's yep. a model from the book of Acts. That's not a new model. And, yeah. uh, you know, many times Paul would go in with his team, right? He had a, a whole team of people normally traveling with him, but they went in and they mobilized the nationals. Sometimes they found believers already there. 
and they yeah. would train them. Other times, it was totally unreached, and they would raise up nationals, appoint elders, yeah. and then those elders would multiply. And we see that yeah. Second Timothy two two, where it says, you know, uh, what I've imparted to you, impart to faithful men that then would find others. And so you see yeah. these four generations of uh, multiplication happening there, even in, in uh, Paul's exhortation to Timothy. Yeah. So what would be easier for uh, someone like myself to go to Niger to reach those who are unreached in Niger or for a trained believer in Niger to reach others in Niger? I mean, it's, it's obvious I would have a, many more barriers to cross. Little language for sure, but so many other barriers. So, so I think the strategy that City for the Nations is using is, uh, we, I like to call it globalize. You go to mobilize. I think that is powerful. Yeah, and you know, I was just with a group of church planners we trained in Chad, Africa, which is a neighbor to Niger. And we're multiplying what happened in Niger into Chad because uh, there were over 70 unreached people groups in Chad. About 54 okay. of them are frontier. So uh, maybe unengaged even a number of those. Yeah. But one of the things I told those church planners, I'm like, I, when I'm training you in, I do myself. I do it in yeah. my city, in my neighborhood. And actually, I would rather come live here and do it with you. Like, I love it. <laughs> I lo- And yeah. I know you're that way. I love going yeah. to evangelism in villages. I could give my life to a region in Niger and just love it. You know, like, yeah. but that's not my role. And I th- yeah. think one of the things we, we, we have as a value in City for the Nations is calling our role. And that everybody has a strategic role to play in the Great Commission. And so, like, for us, Mark, I think our most strategic role is to go in and train those leaders with what we've learned in a a Book of Acts model of uh, evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Yeah. uh, But, man, honest, I'd rather live in one of those villages, you know, Especially in America these days, man, you know, uh, yeah. out of here. I want to be there. <laughs> you know, I think, though, you, you have a lot of authority when you speak because you are doing it where you are. You know, you're not just telling people what to do, but you're actually doing it. And then you're encouraging them. That's uh, that's powerful. That's that's so good. You know, uh, I'll be going back over to Thailand in April with Victor, the city leader, and uh, we've we're reconnecting with people and it, this, uh, this training, the, the ties to reach ties, it is uh, such a powerful strategy. So, so good. Yeah. So you've got uh, uh, Nepal, you mentioned Niger, Chad, uh, Thailand. you have anything else in the works that you're, that you're looking at or? Yeah, you know, another people group we adopted was the death of Eswatini and our Swaziland. We, uh, I had done ministry there for years, and then one day I saw on a, a unreached and engaged people group list the Swazi death, and man, that was a wake up call for me. I hadn't even considered the death in huh. Swaziland, and I'd been ministered there for years, but Mark, the most unreached people group globally is the death. And wow. 
and there's like 600 different deaf sign languages. It's not just one oh. sign language. So, man, oh. just kind of put that on your radar. Any yeah. nation you're working in, even in the U.S., the deaf in the U.S. are an unreached people group. Wow. And the deaf, when you send a missionary to them, uh, they are very open to the gospel. And they've been ostracized and overlooked so much that when you send somebody to them to love them and tell them about a God that loves them, man, yeah. it's a game changer. We see great results. So in Nepal, we took on the deaf as one of our people groups that we adopted. And I think there's something like 12 deaf churches around Nepal now. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that is so good. Oh, wow. Well, this is just like, uh, uh, it's going to continue to spread. You said earlier before we got on the call that you're looking at the possibility or dreaming of a hundred cities, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, oh. I think there's a godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, so there's this contentment with God, we're so grateful for where we're at, man. If the Lord took me home right now, oh my gosh, like it would be a very full, well-meaning life. Like I'm so grateful for, I never had a grid for what we've seen. And uh, so it really is Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly abundantly above all we could hope or imagine. So I want to say that, but yet there's this pursuit in me of, man, we just want to go after it and give our all. And so as we've prayed, our leadership team, our board, we really feel like we're supposed to lean into 100 U.S. cities with 100 unreached nations. So unreached nations would be nations primarily in the 1040 window, but not exclusive to that. You know, North Africa, all the way into Asia, Southeast Asia through there. But um, man, so we're we're putting that before the Lord. We're we're digging the ditches in the desert, preparing for that preparing the infrastructure yeah. to be able to grow that way. So, yeah. Wow. What, what an impact that, that would just be phenomenal. Yeah. And like you say, you, you already have had a major impact in nations that were so close people just without the opportunity to hear the gospel. It's just, uh, it's so amazing. You know, you mentioned in 1996, that's about the same year that I was first introduced to unreached people just about exactly that same year. And that, that is, uh, when you begin to think about it, we actually, we went then to China and we took a train from Beijing down to Hong Kong. And I never saw a church for a 30 hour train trip. I'd never been anywhere like that before. And so I understand what you're saying. When you begin to get challenged with that thought that there are millions and millions, actually billions of people who have never heard the gospel. That is really, that's life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. I put forth a challenge to the leaders in Chad when we were commissioning them. So we had 30 church planners we had trained and then there was about 20 denominational leaders there. This was just two weeks ago. And we were on our face before the Lord, man. He showed up in such a sweet way. Uh, but I put forth a challenge uh, because while I was away in Africa, this little outpouring happened in a city 20 minutes yes. from where I live. Uh, this <laughs> Asbury outpouring. And, yes. Uh, and I thought it was significant in several fronts. Uh, but um, 
if you know anything about Francis Asbury, he was one of the greatest missionaries to the U.S. So he was awesome. a United Methodist missionary sent here by John Wesley. And the oh. man rode thousands and thousands and thousands of miles on horseback, planted thousands of churches, preached on average three sermons a day. And he laid down his life and he was a circuit riding uh, missionary and uh, and raised up a whole company of circuit riding missionaries all over the U.S. And they canvassed the U.S. in the gospel. And I was challenging the Church of Chad because I said, you know, we have a church in every community in the U.S., and we're challenging them to reach every community, start with the hardest people groups, but then go down to the place where there's no place left where the gospel has not been proclaimed. Well, that's daunting right now. If you look at Joshua Project, all the unreached yeah. people, I mean, it's like, it just seems almost impossible, but God, right? I mean, like, yes. And, Amen. and so I challenge him. I'm like, generations ago. There were people that gave their lives to the gospel, sacrificed everything, did whatever it took, and they canvassed the U.S. And now, generations later, there literally is a church in every community, you know? Yes. And, uh, and I challenge him, you all need to do the same thing. You all need to be the generation that lays down their life and does whatever it takes and I also referenced the World War II generation, my grandfather, and uh, probably your father's generation. That they just they they signed up and volunteered to bring to uh, to fight tyranny and fight yeah. fight against wickedness and evil and lay down their lives. And people gave their life, literally. Yeah. So we can have freedom now and prosper as a nation. And I just put forth that challenge. We need hundreds of Francis Asbury's in chat. And don't get it done, man. That's the thing. If people <laughs> rise up and through multiplication, disciple making movements, that's what we're believing for in Nepal. Five years. Yeah. If they multiply and they mobilize, it can get done. And so anyway, oh. yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. So, well, I just, I want to pray for you and for the city, for the nations. I know that, uh, I think this, I think the Lord gave you this strategy, partnering cities with unreached nations. That is a, uh, I have never heard of that being done before. And I think the Lord gave you that strategy. And obviously it's something that uh, the enemy is not pleased with. And so I just want to pray for you and for the ministry. Would that be good? Yeah, thank you, Mark. Yeah, Lord. Well, thank you for Miles. Uh, what an encouragement. Uh, what an amazing uh, testimony already for what is happening in Nepal and in Niger and the early stages of, of amazing things in Chad. And uh, we're believing for this in Thailand and for the death. Uh, Lord, it's just amazing. We're we're just uh, we're so grateful, Lord, that we could that we could live in a times like these where we can see uh, through the, the disciple making movement strategies, see uh, the conclusion to this great commission closer than it's ever been before. We know we still have a lot of work, but we are hopeful. And Lord, I want to pray specifically for Miles and for his family that you will continue to bless them with revelation that you'll continue, Lord, to uh, protect them uh, from the enemy, 
that you will uh, give Miles and the board wisdom with City for the Nations, Lord, as they uh, look at other cities and, and the countries to uh, to partner with. Lord, I just pray for your wisdom to be all over them, that they will just make decisions that uh, they have no idea where they came from. They just know that that's the right thing. And Lord, we know that that will be from you. So we ask you, God, uh, to bless them and to protect them and to continue to pour your spirit out, Lord, for more signs and wonders that more people will come into relationship with you, Jesus. And I do also pray for more workers, Lord, for uh, Nepal, for Niger, for Chad, for Thailand, for the other areas, Lord, for more workers, Lord, to uh, to go into some of these hard places, uh, these villages where they've never heard the gospel and see disciples and then churches planted, Lord. We are, we are so grateful that we get to be part of what you are doing around the world. We we just know it's a work of your grace, and we are so grateful. So, Lord, I thank you for Miles. Thank you, Lord, for the uh, the leader that he is. You've given him a ministry that will, yeah, it is just uh, taking off in a powerful way. So protect him and bless him and continue, Lord, to lead him. And may he be sensitive to your voice, Lord Jesus. So uh, thank you for him. Thank you for this encouragement. Thank you. Jesus, that you are winning all over the world, and we can celebrate that. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, brothers. This was so encouraging. <laughs> I just love it. I, I did, you, you received directly from the Lord, and this is going to change the world. I mean, honestly, you know it. It's going to happen. So good. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Bless you. All right. Thank you. So good to see you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. It's a true story, as you'll hear hear each week from others who are experiencing and who have witnessed the truth that Jesus is winning in many places around the world, some of the hardest places in the world. And so if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, would you go ahead and do that now? You'll be encouraged each week as we learn and hear about the truth that Jesus is winning. Have a great week. Thanks.